Welcome back to Once Upon a Time's New Roman. I'm Kate, and I'm here with my co-host, Becca. Hello, world. Today, we're going to be talking about writing style and audience. This isn't new, guys. Writing style and audience is essential for every written story. Style will impact your audience, genre, and story. So today, we're actually, our guest is Michelle Hall. So she's actually the coordinator at Algonquin College for the Professional Writing and English Program. So she has lots of insights for us today, specifically on our topic of style and audience. So without further ado, tune in your writing brains, let's create. Okay, Michelle, thank you for coming in today. Thank you for having me, Becca and Kate. Glad to be here. Yeah, okay, we're super excited. So we're going to get right into our questions. Can you explain the concept of audience in writing and specifically how it influences the choices a writer would make in a term of style and content? Well, audience is everything when it comes to professional writing. Um, it is the reason you write. Um, so you, you can't write as a professional writer without keeping audience in mind. Um, how it affects style, content, that kind of stuff. Uh, it, ultimately, your audience is going to have certain expectations of whatever genre you're writing in. So if you're writing a report, there are certain um, stylistic formulas or formatting um, expectations that they're going to have. If they don't see that, it affects the credibility of the author, right? They're going to they're gonna doubt that you know what you're doing is correct. So whenever I'm writing, I'm always thinking about the audience and what those expectations are, and that affects how I write. I can relate to that. Whenever I'm writing, I'm always thinking about, oh my God, who's going to be reading this? And what are they yeah. going to think? Could you explain the importance of matching the writing style to the genre of the type of story? Yeah, well, again, it comes back to audience expectations, right? If if you are writing in a specific genre, let's say you're writing a horror story, there are certain uh, signposts that an audience is going to be looking for. You know, they want to have the creepy setting. They want to have characters that um, are probably flawed in some way, right? Usually there's a, a tragic flaw to the protagonist that gets them into some kind of trouble. So you're keeping these these. I, I mean, they're kind of tropes, but you want to keep them in mind when you're writing. They're important to have and to kind of cater to because if you leave them out, the audience is going to be disappointed, right? So you have to keep these in mind and you do kind of cater to them. But I think the really talented writers play with these tropes. They don't just copy them. Um, so they kind of, they change them, they alter them in certain ways that keep the audience interested. So it, it gives the audience what they're looking for, but it does it in an interesting way that keeps them hooked. Okay. That yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, because if I'm watching a horror movie or if I'm reading a horror movie, I would like to know yeah, something about who the bad guy is and like... You have certain things, right? The person wearing the mask, yeah, probably yeah, the bad exactly. guy, Exactly. Right? <laughs> like, if you think of the movie Scream, they did yeah. a really good job with that, right? Because yes. the whole movie is about, you know, playing with those genre expectations, but also busting them. Um, okay. And I think that's what led ultimately to its great success as a film. It makes sense. It was a very well thought out movie, right? For horror genre specifically, <laughs> right. right? Okay. Um, in terms of practical techniques, so what would be a practical technique or strategy a writer would use to tailor their writing style to that specific audience and then, but able to do it in a way that you have your own voice? So that's a challenging question to answer. It really comes down to what genre you're writing in. Genre kind okay. of dictates a lot of things. So for me, um, I'm writing a lot of well, I write professionally, so I write more technical documents, more reports, 
um, white papers, things like that. So my go-to is plain language. That's that's the style that I'm trying to adhere to because that's the plain language is um, you know writing clear, concisely, and correctly so that anybody can understand it. It's tough to get a style outside of that to make sure your own voice is heard. I don't even know is really necessary, right? Like um, the point is isn't about me when I'm writing a report. It's about the audience ultimately. So as long as I'm writing clearly, concisely, and correctly, that's I've met my goal. <laughs> yeah, that's totally understandable. As journalism students, we have to sift through a lot of jargon. If we talk to a politician, they have a lot of terms that nor like regular people wouldn't understand. So that's right. we have to kind of dissect that and put that into plain language for people to get. So yeah, very similar when you're writing reports and stuff, right? You want to avoid the technical jargon because, like, the average person, general reader, isn't going to understand mm -hmm. that stuff. And that limits your audience, right? What advice would you have for people starting out writing? Like, what would what would your first draft look like? Uh, well, to the first, to answer the first part of that question, it would be to read. <laughs> Just read as much as you possibly can, as many different genres as you can. I think the more you read, the more you get to exposed to different styles and different voices and different perspectives, and all that will enrich your own writing. And what does my first draft look like? It looks shitty. <laughs> It's it's like, you know, there's a lot, very little organization to it. It's a lot of just thoughts thrown down on paper. Um, and I'm much a, I'm a much better editor than I actually am a writer. Um, and I, I try to emphasize that with my own students at editing. If you can be really good at editing, you don't have to worry about being a good writer. <laughs> so, you know, don't worry about the first draft so much. It's it's something that, again, it's a pro process and it will get refined through time. So following up on that question, actually, do you find it really hard to edit your own work? It can be, especially I find, well, there are different stages and phases of editing. The early stages I find are pretty easy because I'm just trying to mold something together, right? To, to put it together and, and get it to look the way I want. The later stages where you're getting into the really refined editing and the, even the proofreading stage, that part is hard because I find, and, and you guys probably have experienced this, right? You don't, you're so familiar with what you've written, you don't see the mistakes. Uh, and you, it does often take another pair of eyes or maybe two or three pairs of eyes to actually find the problems. So, well, kind of also follow up to that. At what point in your own writing do you realize that then you should stop editing? You know, you get to that point when you're writing, you're like, I could just kind of keep nitpicking the entire yeah. time. When is your cutoff point? When the deadline comes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could, you know, in theory, you could keep writing and editing and writing and editing a work. It, I mean, as a writer, you're usually really engaged with it, too. Whatever the topic is, you, you know, I always encourage people to write what they're enjoying, right, or what they're interested in. Um, but there comes a point where you have to stop. <laughs> and, you know, it's not always when you want to stop, but you, you just have to, right? And it's never going to be perfect, and that's okay, but you want to get it out in the world and at least start a conversation by getting it out in the world. Yeah, of course, deadlines being the iron fist of writers these days. But, so um, we're... Kind of wrapping up here, uh, based on what we discussed today, is there a book that you can recommend for our listeners? I would recommend Stephen King's On Writing. It's a staple. That would be like, if you're interested in writing, read it. It's just full of 
chock full of wonderful tidbits about how to write. Um, but I'd also, can I make a second recommendation? Of course. Um, Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott, uh, an excellent book, especially for beginner writers. She writes a lot about the importance of the shitty first draft. <laughs> Her words, not mine. Um, and I think that it, it, it is very reassuring to young authors to know that like the first thing that you write isn't going to be good and that's okay. It doesn't have to be good, but it's a process and you can refine as you go along. Wonderful. Thank you yeah. so much for um, coming on today. It was a wonderful discussion. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. We very much appreciate it. Okay, she gave us a lot of really good advice. That was amazing. I did enjoy the parts where she was in here, and this is like how to do things as a first-time writer. Yeah. Because that is advice I would have loved to have when I started writing at like age 10. Man, I would have loved that like five years ago when oh, I started writing my first week. book. Last oh. week. I would have been happy last week. I'm like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to exist. Yeah. You know, like it just needs to be there. And I wish uh, like younger me when I was writing my first book was told that Absolutely. because I really, I really loved my first draft and I loved it too much. Okay. I loved it too much where I didn't change enough of it. And that's why my book failed. <laughs> I am happy editors exist. Let me just oh, put it that way. Man. Very, very love happy. Love it. Love it. Uh, on the topic of books, what's your book recommendation for the week? Okay. So based on style and audience... I have a book recommendation. Okay. It's A Kiss of Deception by Mary E. Pearson. A lot of you have probably heard of her. She has she's a fantastic writer, but this book is part of the Remnant Chronicles. And the thing about the style of writing in this book is so it's about a princess Ooh, who's okay. who's um, due to get married to right. a prince that she's never met. Okay. And she doesn't want to go through with it. So she runs away with her best friend to a small town and starts Ooh. living a life there like undercover. And in the course of this book, two strangers show up in her life and the reader, it's revealed like through chapters that the re to the reader that one of them is an assassin <gasps> and one of like an assassin looking for her and an and the other is the prince that was supposed to marry her. Oh. But the way it's written and the style that it's written in, yeah. the audience doesn't know which is which. <gasps> Okay, for the I I want to read this book. Oh, now. it's like so really badly. really good. Okay, and she has another series that I'm just about to start. I think it's called The Dance of Thieves, and it's I'm so excited because she's an incredible writer. We almost need to stop doing these book recommendations because my recommendations of book lists is like longer than my forearm. My TBR is book. crazy right oh, now. Man. That's okay. What's um, your recommendation? My book recommendation is Frankenstein. Ooh. So I'm I, I will disclaimer I'm only halfway through it right now like I've been slowly reading this thing and it's the original Frankenstein so it's by oh. Mary Shelley it was originally called the human Prometheus released in 1818 really I didn't really. know it was released that long ago yeah, it is a really old book right she re-released it in like 1831 um and then kind of did it but it's often said to be for the audience it was the first science fiction gothic book out cool. there she literally created a new genre of things and it's fascinating because you're getting into the book and it starts off with Frankenstein, right? The the doctor who created this monster. And he proceeds to spend most of the book just going, what have I done? Right? Like the horror part is just him realizing he's created this beast. And he's kind of an unreliable narrator the oh. whole time. Because you just hear it from his perspective. And I'm at the part where he's meeting the monster. Oh, my God. And it's fascinating because it is nothing like what the original, what the Frankenstein is now in like popular culture. Yeah. Right? But it was, it's a really interesting book especially for style because it's still written in 1818 language right so you're going into and it's a very old feeling style wise and the audience at the time 
and even now it's it's a it's the first gothic kind of fiction it's fascinating you're making me want to read it's it it's so good I, i'm really enjoying it <laughs> oh my, my read of the week yeah all right thank you for the book recommendation yeah, you too. you're gonna convince me at some <laughs> point to read all these we're gonna wrap up here you can find us at on spot you can find us on spotify or at um once upon a times new roman dot transistor dot fm yeah we will see you guys next time and remember every story is worth being told Thank you.